Welcome to the other party, got that vibe Well, you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got that light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the after party This was a pretty crazy last several days In terms of stuff on the channel Let's see, did you guys catch the iPad Air 4 versus iPad Pro video? That happened. That's up to 400,000 views already. Wow. Yeah, you know, for me, for this channel, that's like a twice in a year type of thing when something takes off like overnight like that. That was a pretty interesting video. If you look at the thumbnail, I don't know if you guys realize this. Some people were complaining like clickbait. No, this wasn't a review video. This was just like an informational based you know, just like, well, if you're researching this, like which one's for you? It was just kind of along those lines. But for the thumbnail though, I did um, Apple's AR view, you know, in the store, where you can check something out on a surface. And I put the old iPad, my iPad Pro on the desk, angled it at like 45 degrees. And then using the AR on my iPhone, then I kind of angled the new iPad Air 4 in a similar position, kind of just adjacent um, mirroring that. And yeah, it turned out to be a really good thumbnail. I think the thumbnail is basically what drove the interest in that video. Um, and hopefully it was a informative video. I think one thing to clear up, a lot of people were thinking that I was saying that the iPad Air 4's chip was faster than the iPad Pro's chip. Um, as I'm sitting there reading things off, I see where everyone's confused because this is right near the beginning of the video. I say, uh, it's faster, but you know, in my mind, it's, and sometimes things get choppy in the edit too, but I was saying it's faster than the old iPad Air. Um, so, you know, it deserves some clarification. Now it's clarified. You know, hopefully if that was confusing, you're able to hear this. I know a lot of people aren't going to, but nonetheless, uh, that was a fun video to make. And I can't wait to get my hands on one of the new iPad Airs. Uh, we'll definitely be getting one of those for the studio and, and checking it out. I'm not sure what color yet. Maybe the blue. And speaking of blue... We did receive a review unit of the Apple Watch Series 6. It was the blue aluminum with the deep navy band. Got that unboxing up this week. And I absolutely loved the thumbnail for this video. Uh, it turned out so good with, uh, you know, it was, a, it was an unboxing. So I figured I needed to have the box in there. I ended up taking 119 different photos um, just to pick out the exact right one. And if you look closely, it's subtle. You can see uh, where it says Apple Watch on the box that the Apple Watch is actually sitting on uh, in the white there. Just really cool. It was hard to take this picture too, if you go look at it, because the watch kept slipping off the box. And uh, basically it was like, get lucky that it stays in the right position just long enough to hit this squeeze off the shutter button, you know, uh, but it turned out good. And I actually, I don't do a lot of unboxings on the channel. I realized that. I was like, you know, I'll just give it a try because I feel like that's such a saturated space. And, you know, how many times can you see the same thing unboxed? But I realized that people aren't really there to see the thing. They're really there for the commentary, I think. And if there's some nice visuals to go with it, cool. But, you know, there's little insights that spill out, you know, and everybody's experience is different. And so, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a, a few more of those for maybe like the iPad Air when it comes out. Just keep kind of testing that out because... It was kind of fun. Then, of course, the most recent video that just came out the other day is the iOS 14 custom icons step-by-step -step tutorial, kind of hopping on the aesthetic iPhone home screen trend. And I did something a little different. I went with these really super minimal icons. And that was cool. I, I mean, that, that was also a different kind of video. So in this week, we did kind of a research video, which buying decision. We did an unboxing video, and then we did a tutorial. So 
for this channel, like that's a pretty different lineup than what you might normally see, which is a lot of app related content or, you know, accessories or just a straight up review. So yeah, and I like that. I like adding some variety. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed that too. I do have one other video already shot. It's edited, it's ready to go. And uh, I don't know, that might hit on Sunday or something. We'll see. But that is about why I still own a Mac. You guys see a lot of iPad content rolling off on the channel. And so I thought I would just talk about, you know, I, I have the iPad. I like the iPad. Two years ago, and I didn't realize it had been that long, I made a video, you know, where I basically stated I'm kind of developing this iPad bias. And it's kind of my go-to device is, is how I think of it. And I reach for it for whether it's business or personal. It's just... It's like such a good device. So why do I still own a Mac if I make all this iPad content and love the iPad so much? So um, that's an interesting video. You know, spoiler, it's not that I hate the Mac or something or don't love it. Also, um, you're just gonna have to watch the video. But but it turned out to be kind of an interesting topic of discussion. Also this week in daily tech related news, I, I had like my first nearly almost sort of kind of viral tweet experience. Um, it was two tweets that I did actually that both got over a thousand likes, which never happens for me. And the thing is, I kind of like developed a new format that seems to work really good for me. And I guess the kind of stuff that I share, which is kind of a bullet point format, just packing a lot of stuff in at a time. And I'm from like way back in the day with Twitter where, you know, you used to be followed based on like what you were curating and sharing, like in terms of articles and stuff. Now nobody cares about that. Nobody wants that. And it's it's more about all kinds of things. But but anyway, so it was nice to like be relevant on Twitter a little bit more again. <laughs> um, so if you're not following on Twitter, I mean, this is a good time to, to jump in over there. And I should say, if you're not following on Instagram, I feel like we've really stepped up our Instagram post game too, in terms of um, just, you know, producing a lot cleaner, better, content. Hmm. On the technical side of things, uh, Moment came out with a new Cinebloom filter. I picked one of those up this week too. It's kind of expensive. It's like 80 bucks or something. Got the 20% filter. And basically it just kind of adds like a dreamy look to some of your footage. Not something that you'd just slap on there and use all the time. But if you start seeing um, some lights that kind of bloom, that's where it gets its name, um, kind of glow a little bit, get this halation effect on the channel, then that's why. Because I got that filter, I'm gonna be playing around with it, and it's something you can look for kind of behind the scenes thing um, in the coming weeks. Uh, just a quick note about Apple Hype. I'm kind of taking a break from Apple Hype just for like a couple weeks here to recharge. It was just one too many things on my plate to be focused on every day um, while I'm moving into the new space. I'm finally getting moved in, and so give it a week or two. I should put a notice up on the site. I've had a lot of people reach out and I apologize. I've just been that busy, but Apple Hype's not dead. Uh, I know you guys love it and I actually really like making it too. It's just, it's been so crazy. So it's not going anywhere. And in fact, I've been kind of putting some thought into like, how can I make Apple Hype better than it is and has been? And I, the thing about it right now is I like how simple it is. I think everyone likes how simple it is. That's really kind of the whole point is the simplicity of Apple Hype. But I do have some ideas for how I can make it better, make the make the content that's already been featured that's you know off the homepage already uh, more accessible, easier to find and use, and you know rearrange and stuff. So I don't know. I'm I'm looking into that, and I think it it has so much potential. It could be really good. So just you know give me some time and and then keep your eyes peeled. And I'll probably make some more announcements about it as we go. Number one, when it's back, and number two, if we do anything crazy with it. Okay. Mm uh, why don't we get into the Apple news? Oh, no, wait, before we get into that, we'll get into that in just a second. 
here's something else I'm excited about. Uh, I found some really some cool shorts that I ordered. Well, actually, I didn't order these. I ordered some new shirts. We'll get to that in a second. Some shorts um, from a company called Viori. It's V-U-O-R-I. I t- could totally be butchering that. But, you know, this company reached out, uh, I think, several years ago and ended up sending me a couple of free things. Um, and I forgot about them. And, in fact, I hardly wore the, the things that they sent. But then I was in the store the other day. I went to Shields. I don't know if you guys know what that is or have ever been there. They're kind of scattered around. Kind of a fun store. They got a, a variety of stuff with a big Ferris wheel in the middle. And I'm looking for some shorts. It's been a while since I got some. Because you guys got to understand, for me, even before the pandemic, you know, work from home, that that's like my thing anyways. At least right now until we move into a studio space. So I've been working from home before the pandemic even hit. And so, you know, my work attire is often like shorts and a t-shirt and whatever. But anyway, so I needed some new shorts. And so I go and I'm picking out some, you know, see like the Nikes, the Adidas. And then I lay my eyes on these Vioris. And they were a little bit more expensive, you know, than what you would get with Nike or Adidas. But wow, like the materials, it was just crazy. The premium feel and they're so comfortable. I'm glad that I got those. So really excited about that. And then I was like, you know, I got these. Uh... What about some shirts? Maybe I need some shirts to go with it. And this company had been advertising to me on Instagram. Really know nothing about them, but it's called Cuts. And so I looked them up and Instagram ads worked on me. Who was it? Dunna from Dunna Did It. That's a channel on YouTube, uh, covers camera stuff. He <laughs> just ordered some uh, some pants, I think, from an Instagram ad. So yeah, it's working on us. But anyways, yeah, I picked up like five shirts from Cuts and those are on the way. And I'm kind of excited about those. Pair those with the new shorts. And I think I got my new work outfit. And so I realize I'm ordering shorts and t-shirts and winter's, you know, not far away, but you know, I'm going to be inside for most of the time and you got to be comfortable. So, uh, you know, we're kind of in between Apple events right now. There was the Apple watch and iPad air event, which was, there's a lot of good stuff announced there. We're expecting the iPhone 12 event to be coming up soon, maybe like mid October. Right. So really what 15 or 20 days away. And this is supposed to be a big event with lots of phones. And the rumors are starting to leak out that we could see an iPhone 12 mini, a smaller iPhone 12, which is something a lot of people have been clamoring for, wanting. And I count myself among the curious for this because, as you guys know, I often talk about you know wanting the biggest, most powerful thing I can get my hands on when I'm at my desk, and then the smallest, lightest, most mobile, yet as powerful as possible thing that I can get my hands on when I'm out and about, when I'm mobile. So iPhone 12, flagship iPhone, that's in a smaller form factor, that kind of appeals to me in theory. And I frequently mention this, and I don't know if you guys feel this too, or if it's just me, but when I have uh, the larger size iPad, I always want the smaller. When I got the smaller in front of me, I always want the bigger. And so I've been using a smaller iPhone this year, just the regular iPhone 11 Pro. And it's kind of got me wondering like, well, What's that big max like again, you know, which I had previously before this, the max size. So really all is fair in iPhone announcement season. And it could be that I'll totally flip uh, a switch and be like, no, 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 I need the big one this year. And so here's what the rumors are saying right now. iPhone uh, 12 mini could be like a 5.4 inch screen. Then you're gonna have maybe the iPhone 12, just a regular thing, 6.1 inches which is basically the same as the regular iPhone 11 size, just for comparison. Then we're talking about the iPhone 12 Pro, which is 6.1 also, but then you're gonna bump up the specs. So uh, just same look, same feel, just more powerful, faster, 
more capable. And then the iPhone 12 Pro Max, 6.7 inches. So you're gaining 0.6 inches there, over half an inch. And I would guess it's probably gonna have, if not the same, then similar uh, performance. Although the specs could change, like maybe it gets some extra camera capabilities or something. Seems like we've seen that in the past. This is coming from a leaker account on Twitter, I believe that's actually been somewhat accurate in the recent past. For instance, they shared a manual that was showing an all air iPad, all air, an all screen iPad air, excuse me, um, which obviously turned out to be a real thing. So I don't know, some people are speculating that this could end up eventually replacing the iPhone SE. I don't know, you know, people love the SE. The people that love it really love it. They like it because of its size, obviously, but that's only half the story. They also like it because of the value. And people like a, a design that they are familiar with. Like some people don't want the latest, greatest thing until it's you know a little bit older. They want it to be proven, tested. And still, you know, the SE in 2020 was 4.7 inches. So the iPhone 12 mini that's rumored is still gonna be 5.4, that's bigger. So I don't know. I think Apple's gonna keep them both, don't you? That's that's a pretty big difference. Of course, when you factor in the bezels and if you get rid of bezels and, and whatnot, that the bezel is going to play a factor, but so here's the thing you guys probably, well, if you caught my unboxing then you realize that I got one of the new solo loops, the new Apple watch bands that basically doesn't have a clasp or anything. It just buckles into each side of the Apple watch. And then you kind of stretch it over your wrist to either put it on or take it off. And I don't know if you've been following this, but you know, it, it kind of, it caused, uh, not an, not an outcry, not an uproar, but a little bit of, controversy for people that ordered it using the online printable thing that you print you cut out and it's a sizing guide you place it around your wrist and it's supposed to tell you what size of solo loop or, or braided loop you're supposed to order and i mean like a lot of people i would say more well and maybe it's just people complaining that are more vocal i don't know no one like gets something and it says like this fit perfectly you know i don't know but a lot of people on twitter i've seen complaining about it like tech you know, reviewers to just regular people, lots of complaints that they printed it out, uh, put it around the wrist, ordered the size that the thing told them and got the wrong thing. Now, maybe they didn't read the instructions. I don't know, because you gotta print it out at full size and then there's a little place where you can put a credit card to make sure that it's at the actual right size and then measure that way. And then I think that Apple actually redid it because people were having such trouble. They redid the guide and clarified it, made it even, you know, more straightforward to, to follow the instructions apparently or something. But I gotta say, mine fit just right, perfect. Um, and in fact, it had me wishing that I had gone for the braided. I'm probably gonna have to order that and try it because I just got the regular. And the other one was like twice the price. And so I wasn't sure how it was gonna fit either. So I just got the, the cheaper one. Uh, and the thing is when you're wearing it, it just looks like a regular sport band. You can't tell that it's the solo loop, you know, unless you flip your wrist over. But it's a real clean look, a minimal look. I like it. But here's the news. Apple's now allowing people with those solo loops to return them without sending back the Apple Watch that they bought it with. Because for a while there, when you ordered one, if you got the wrong size, then that was it. You had to send both the watch and the, the loop back at the same time. You couldn't just send the loop back. That made people upset. And so now Apple's sort of reversing course there. The reason that people were ticked too, by the way, is because of how long it was going to take. And plus, anyways, it'd be annoying just to send it back anyways, but it was going to take until the end of November to get your replacement. That is ridiculous. So what you can do is you can now, reportedly, I should say, send back just the band and then get that return process in just a matter of days. It looks like it's actually been confirmed because MacRumors 
they tried the band swap and they said they were able to do it, which they couldn't do the, the day before this change. So there's this uh, guy named Eli who had a similar issue and he tweeted Apple support and get this. They actually threw in an extra band uh, just to kind of say sorry for the whole thing. Or on the other hand, maybe it was just to make sure that he did get the right side. But I mean, Apple is really taking charge of the situation and making it better, it sounds like. So if you've had any issues with that, then this is all good information for you. Also, while we're still talking about it, it looks like the solo loop sizing matches up with the sport loop hole. So if you already have a sport loop, which is just kind of the regular sport band with the holes in it and the little metal thing that you push through, if you line that up with the printable thing, it turns out that the distance between the holes in every Apple Watch sport band is reportedly exactly the same as the distance between the 12 sizes of solo loops on Apple's measuring tool. This is from Mac Rumors. What does that mean? Well, that means if you already have one and you print out this tool that Apple uses to measure the bands, then you should be able to match the sizes of the solo and braided loops to the sport bands, which basically could help you feel more confident in making an order. So you probably wanna look this up. Again, I'm looking at the Mac Rumor story. Other people probably covered it, but you can go out there and search for this and see how this, the loopholes and the sizing match up. Now, here's something that's kind of interesting. We haven't talked about an Apple acquisition in a while because oftentimes they can, you know, recently it seems like they've been real business focused and I try to cover more like the consumer side of things rather than just Apple, the corporation. But Apple recently acquired Scout FM, which wasn't a huge, you know, outfit, I don't think, but it was a tiny podcast, but it's been described as a tiny podcast centric company. And if you look at Scout's uh, marketing material, they said Scout FM podcast as easy as radio. So podcasts are a big thing. Uh, obviously the Joe Rogan move to Spotify behind the walled garden, you know, there, that was a big deal. Recently we see Amazon getting into podcasts in a big way. Big names like Will Smith are going to be having their podcasts on Amazon. Of course, Anchor is just big with a lot of smaller creators. If you guys are interested, you know, what the behind the scenes looks like for this podcast, uh, we host everything with Transistor, and it's been a great experience. Huge fan of Justin Jackson uh, and this whole setup here. Works great. But of course, Apple wants to upgrade what they're doing in podcast world as well, which makes sense. You know, Apple was a pioneer in podcasts when everybody else was leaving it alone. And for a long time, Apple was like, you know, iTunes, that was the place where you went for podcasts and nobody else was even paying attention to it uh, or making it easy to find podcasts. And at the same time, Apple's really gotten into radio. And so the idea of, you know, kind of combining podcasts and radio, that seems like a natural fit for Apple. So, okay, what is it? Uh, basically, if you think about when you're going to go listen to a podcast, what you usually do is uh, launch a podcast player sort through stuff that you subscribe to and pick some content that you want to listen to. Well, what's different on this is that with Scout FM, it actually creates podcast stations based on topics. So if you're really into sports, for instance, then it would create a station and rotate through some content for you. If you're really into tech, then supposedly it could do something similar for tech. So it's more of a hands-off laid back experience. And I guess it's all going to come down to the algorithm, whether or not you find something, uh, whether it recommends something that you like or not. And I get that because sometimes I'm in the mood for something specific, but other times I'm just in the mood for a podcast and I don't really care what or don't really know what 
and sorting through it is kind of the equivalent of like when you want to watch something on Netflix and you're just sitting there going through the menu, going through all the categories. And then half an hour, 45 minutes later, you're like, you can't pick anything and you just wasted a bunch of time. Sometimes that's what it's like for podcasts too. So I get the the desire you know for consumers to be able to just you know sit back relax have just show me something and hope that it's good that's a great way to discover stuff i mean it works with music so why not with podcasts now the way that it determines somebody's personal interest is basically mostly down to your listening history is what it sounds like but you can also go in and tweak your preferences as well tweak uh, the suggestions that are made by the AI. I think Apple probably has some data on Scout FM and people's usage of it and whether they were getting a lot out of it or liking it because it was something that integrated with CarPlay. And a lot of people liked it because they could use it with CarPlay. And that's a big uh, plus one for me too because if I'm going to use something uh, that's audio related like that, I definitely want it to work with CarPlay because that's a great place to listen to audio. I mean, audiobooks with Audible, I'm listening in the car sometimes, podcasts for sure, music obviously. And so if it doesn't work with CarPlay, I'm not going to use it. Now, that's not necessarily Scout FM because moving forward, I'm sure it's just going to get rolled into Apple's own apps. Or maybe they'll keep it standalone. So if you're Apple, you know, and you're looking to boost the podcast experience for users and and attract people back to your podcast app, because right now I got to tell you, I'm not using Apple Podcasts. I know I can see the statistics for the after party most of you guys are listening in Apple Podcasts, which is cool. I do like it. It's a nice app. It's just I've been parked over in Overcast for a while, even though I don't like the interface. I know I've said that before, uh, but the features, it does have a good feature set. Uh, I tried a few others, just didn't like them as much, but you know, you can do two things. You can either sit there and, and try to make your app better, or if you see something cool like this, you can just buy it and integrate it. And apparently that's what Apple did. So we'll see if it's any good. So have you guys been trying out uh, any of the new AirPods features lately? Like, you know, the device switching, the spatial audio, that's really cool. And, you know, it took forever. You guys might have seen me tweeting like, how do I get the update? How do I force it to update? How do I change the firmware of my AirPods Pro? And eventually it kicked in. I don't think it was anything that I did. I tried all these different hacks and techniques and charging methods and whatever. Finally, it showed up and the spatial audio was really cool. In fact, I hope that comes to other stuff than just the content that I can listen to with it right now. But one of the other things, I think it was a little bit more under the radar, was the automatic device switching. So, you know, and this comes along with iOS 14, but in the past, if, and this happens for me a lot, you know, I'll switch between my iPhone, my iPad, and my MacBook Pro, and I would have to go up into the menu bar on my Mac and either select, uh, you know, and I use my solo uh, pros a lot, my Beat Solo Pros too, but if I was just switching from my iPhone, let's say, I would have to go up into the Mac menu bar, click on the Bluetooth, which I had to, you know, the Bluetooth icon, I had to go into preferences and get that to show up anyways. This is really like a whole process here. But once it was there, I would go up and connect. And it wasn't like it took forever, but you know, it was something I had to do every time I sat down at the desk. Similarly, when I would switch over to the iPad from either the Mac or the iPhone, I had that shortcut, which so many people were like, how did you get that? How did you get that? Um, And I've explained it so many times, I can't explain it anymore. And even if I explain it again, you know, more people are going to ask, but but now I guess it doesn't really matter because of the seamless switching. But but yeah, I mean, uh, I have to hit the shortcut. It was something that I had to consciously do. And so this is just one of those cool things about being an Apple user, having multiple Apple things, being an Apple ecosystem is the convenience that comes along with having multiple Apple devices. So now, and this has been working 
I've been testing it out. It's not perfect, but it's really cool. I'm, I'm definitely glad it's here. If I'm on my iPhone and I switch to the, to the Mac, it switches. If I'm on the iPad and I get on my iPhone, the audio switches. And it's not just a dumb switch. And what I mean by that is, let's say uh, I'm on the Mac, uh, I'm editing away, but then I walk away and I'm going to listen to some music while I'm setting up all my tripods and cameras and lenses and lighting for the next video. That whole teardown or that whole setup process, I like to listen to something when I'm doing that. So uh, keep the AirPods in, take out my phone and start playing something. Well, boom, it just switches, but it doesn't just switch. If you look at the top of your screen, you'll actually see a little rounded rectangle pop up that says AirPods Pro have switched. Now, every now and then it switches and you don't want it to. You're like, why did it switch? I can't think of an exact instance when that happened, but a couple of times it's like, no, I don't want that to switch. But what I like about it, Apple thought about this, clearly somebody tested this a long time before implementing it. Uh, you get that that bar that, that shows up at the top of your iPhone, let's say, but it's got a little uh, undo icon there. So if it switches automatically and don't like it, just hit that and it'll switch back to whatever audio source you had previously. So it's really, really slick how they implemented this. But this is one of those things though. If you own Apple stuff, it just gets better over time. It doesn't cost you anything extra a lot of the times like this, a free update. And if you're just a regular person, regular consumer, and you're not like following all the Apple news, which is maybe not you if you're listening to this podcast, but if you're you know just going about your life, then one day your AirPods just get a new uh, feature and maybe you don't even know how to use it, but it just works. It does it for you. You know, you don't have to know how to use it. It just works. And that's that thing, that magic word. It just works. That's, you know, been part of Apple's DNA for so long now. And, you know, admittedly, things don't always just work and sometimes things could be better and whatever, but, but this is just a prime example of what I love about things in the Apple ecosystem. Now, I should just mention, you can turn this off. If you're not all about it, if you tried it, you didn't like it, you do wanna do it manually, no big deal. Just pop into your Bluetooth settings on your iPhone, on your iPad, on your Mac, tap on the Bluetooth area. You know, Let's say you're doing this on the iPhone. Settings, Bluetooth, um, there's that little eye next to your AirPods, for instance, like so for your AirPods Pro, which if you tap on that, by the way, that's also the place where you can rename your AirPods, which is really great. Because if you have some old ones, that's what I did. I I say Chris's new AirPods Pros or and Chris's you know 2018 AirPods or whatever. I name my stuff usually with the year, if I have multiple. It, you know, it just comes in handy. Same with my iPads, because sometimes if I want to do Sidecar, then I don't want to connect to the wrong iPad, right? I want to know I'm connecting to the 2020, uh, you know, 12.9 inch, not the regular. $300 iPad, you know, I want the, the good screen because it just shows you whatever's connected to your network, right? But anyways, you get in there, you tap connect to this iPhone or iPad, and then you see all the options. So that's where you can turn it on or off. You know, it's weird. I, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I just see my camera laying over here. I've noticed myself, uh, <laughs> and we just talked about this, right? My iPad bias at the beginning of this and how it's getting stronger. Um, I have been switching more and more things over to the iPad even though I'm still tethered to a Mac and looks like I'm going to be for a long time here in the near future and even the medium term future, maybe the long term future. I don't know. But, you know, every now and then there's something that doesn't occur to me to do on my iPad that all of a sudden I'm like, well, why don't I just try that? And then I do it. I'm like, oh, wow, I really like that. And in fact, it was better than using my Mac. One of those things happened to me this week. Uh, we went somewhere as a family. My wife's like, bring the good camera. 
and not just the iPhone, you know, not that the iPhone's a bad camera, but you know, something with the good lens, depth of field, whatever. So I did, I brought it, brought it, uh, what did I bring? 24 to 70 lens, um, I think. Oh, I'll tell you what we did, went apple picking. Um, that was kind of fun, different experience, never done that before. I tried to take a picture to post on Instagram, but it didn't turn out good <laughs> of me picking an iPhone out of the apple tree. Get it? Uh, but it was a bad angle, so you guys don't get to see it. Sorry. But we took these pictures, and I got back. And usually what I would do is go to the Mac, get the dongle, and plug it in, plug in the SD card, and import those. Business stuff, I stick into Lightroom. Personal stuff, I stick into photos. But this time, I was like, oh, you know, like the Mac is a little bit heavier. My iPad was sitting there, and I never, ever do this. I always let things sync over the cloud from my Mac. But I plugged in the dongle uh, to the iPad Pro in the USB-C slot there, popped in the SD card, went into photos. I expected something to pop up automatically. It actually didn't. But then I saw on the sidebar there, it had my SD card, clicked on it. It said import. I did. It was fast. And then I, I could sit there and check out my photos, edit my photos on the iPad, which I actually preferred over the Mac because um, I could detach it from the keyboard and you know hold it. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's something about it. I don't know. There's all these little things that my brain can't even describe. It's just, it was a nicer experience importing those photos right onto the iPad instead of over onto the Mac, which is awesome. And man, it's just like every day I find something about the iPad that I, I'm really excited about. And I need to be better about organizing this stuff again so I can make some videos with some tips. But one of the things that finally happened and somebody on Twitter tipped me off to this. So you know, and maybe several people. So thanks if it was one of you guys, but in the new version of iPad OS, I think it had to be the new version. Cause I tried this before and it didn't work. You can just double tap the control button on your magic keyboard, for instance, or whatever keyboard you got connected and it pops up the voice dictation. So in the past you had to hit that little triangle in the bottom, right? The little down arrow of your screen, which would bring up the software keyboard. And then you could hit the dictation key on the software keyboard. That was a pain. That was dumb. That was clunky. Now you can just hit uh, control, tap it twice, and the voice dictation pops up. It doesn't cover up anything on the screen. The software keyboard doesn't pop up. You can just dictate, get to work. And man, have I been using that. It's just so good for replying to text messages, for writing emails, um, just for, for notes, you know, I love it. I would do everything by voice if I could. And honestly, combine that with the new scribble functionality, the pencil, that's been fun. I've really been loving Apple Notes again and more um, with the new features there. The ability, number one, for Scribble. Scribble the notes, that's fun too. Sometimes you're in the mood. Uh, but like the smart shapes where you can just, you know, draw kind of a clunky circle or a triangle or square. And then if you pause, it will turn it into a perfect circle or triangle or square. It's really good. The iPad just keeps improving so much. And I really regret that it doesn't have better external display support and that it doesn't have Final Cut Pro. You know, um, I can't tell by the timer on my recorder because I don't know how much dead space is in between, but it's telling me we're at 42 minutes right now, which is a pretty decent episode. So I think I'm going to wrap it up right now. We talked about a lot, covered a lot. Uh, it was good hanging out. And so you'll be able to tell by how long this episode is, how much got cut. But yeah, thanks for hanging out. Um, I don't really have any big announcements soon. I'm probably going to take a week off from some content to really finalize everything with the move. Um, but then we'll be back in full swing and things are going to get better than ever. New studio space, uh, some new equipment, um, new ideas first and foremost, because that's what really is going to matter. And those might take a little time to implement, but 
But uh, things are going good. I hope things are going good for you guys. Uh, don't forget to check out all the links in the bottom of my video description. There's a lot to dig into there. So if you're bored right now, go on Daily Tech, uh, any of the recent videos, look in the description. There's some fun links down there. If you need some music to listen to, I got a playlist. Uh, lots of stuff. So anyways, um, thanks for hanging out. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Later. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Since all 12 are giving you the heat The reviews from Chris you gotta see Daily Tech got the facts that you need And it's the whole crew you gotta meet After party it's the place you gotta be And you can't really beat it cause it's free Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality you should take it from me Cause we care about our customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean It's the after party, live from the mountains Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it Looking for great reviews, then you found it Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it yeah. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe Well you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Welcome to the other party, out of vibe Well you know we getting lit and come alive and you know we got that light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah